You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 89 of Retired Resource Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Resource Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired resource. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Resource Project and New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. We've made it. Kristen, we've made it. It's time for the Thoroughbred Makeover at the Kentucky Horse Park. We're excited to give you the inside scoop on what to look forward to, and we have our final fireside chat with the Making the Makeover series riders on how they're preparing for the big day. But before we dive into all the fun, we're going to be joined by Glenn Hebert, founder of the Horse Radio Network, for a very big announcement. And then we wrap everything up with Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations and introduce you to our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Christian Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Christian, it's your big week, too. Everything you've been working for hard towards and stressing out about and drinking probably way too much coffee. How are you doing? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you said coffee. <laughs> I thought you were just going to end it. Just like We're a rated G podcast. Right. Yes. Yes. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything's, everything is, everything is, I'll just going to just put it there. Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. But yeah, we are uh, in crunch time. So if I sound a little frenzied, this fine podcast, you'll know why, but it's fine. Everything is fine. Nothing's on fire. Everything is great. I feel like the anticipation to the event, even for the contestants is always the worst part. And then once you're there, it's like, you can get into to go mode. Maybe it's different though. Yeah. You know, it's basically like a roller coaster, right? Like once you're in and you're strapped in and it leaves the station, like you're just along for the ride, no matter what upside down bits or, you know, weird loopy doos it's going to throw at you. So, you know, running a horse show. And that's part of the magic of the thoroughbred makeover. I mean, it really is (laughs) a unique, special animal with all these horses who've had 10-ish months of training coming in for their big debut, but... I, I personally think it's a lot of fun for everyone to come check it out and see the chaos in its finest. It is. And I think I have the, I mean, what I think is the best job because I'm, you know, sort of a media type person, but, you know, I'm running the media team. So I've got a great lineup of really cool people, um, you know, great photographers, videographers, people who are just really good at Twitter. Like I've got an all-star team lined up to help me out this year. So I think there'll be seven or eight of us working during the That's week. That's amazing. So, and yeah, it's fun. While I lovingly say chaos too, I will say the RRP team is excellent at making it look like it's flawless. Yeah. Like, I, as a spectator. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to like toot my own horn too much, but when I competed in 2018, before I was on the staff, I was like, this show is amazing. Um, you know, and as a ranch rider, I had never had a ride time before. So I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know, that like you will be in the ring at 246. And like, there I was in the ring at 246. It was great. Um, you know, and just the feat of organizing that much stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course now I've seen how the sausage is made. So 
you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little well, different now be from behind the scenes, but you know, yeah, we put Anyone a ton of work who's organized in. a horse show, organized a 4-H club, even just managed a barn, you know that there is chaos constantly. That's just comes with the territory. This is true. Yeah. I mean, it is yes. just sort of like it's, and you know, no matter how much we set up in advance, there'll still be some curveballs that come at us and we're just going to roll with them like we always do. And it's going to be great. So, exactly. Um, but really we are excited to welcome about 350 horses and their people who have all been working really, really, really hard to get to this point. So we appreciate everything they've done, you know, to be good ambassadors for the breed and the program. And yeah, we're just, we're, I think we're ready. We're ready to go. I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to see you in person. Oh my God. We're going to meet for the first time ever. You guys, if it sounds like joy and I are like old friends, that's great. But we've never met in person ever. We never met in person. (laughs) It's going to be funny because I've known you for years. (laughs) I know. How tall are you? I don't even know. Oh, good. I'm 5'11". So I was like, oh no, what if she's like 5'1"? I'm going to look weird next to her. No, 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 that means we get to make the best TikTok and I'm so ready for it. But unfortunately, we can't do the eye to eye. (laughs) We'll find another one. (laughs) So before we launch into the show today, I just want to give a special shout out to any makeover trainers who are listening to this episode. If you are on the road to Kentucky right now, or you're listening to this in the car on your way back to the horse park during the week, you are going to have the best week ever. Even if things don't go to plan, if your horse does something naughty or your horse is amazing and has the best ride of his life, you're going to have the best week with, you know, again, 350 of your fellow makeover trainers who all have been working really, really hard. And Joy and I are super proud of all of you. And we just want to give you a big old virtual hug and say thank you for listening to Retired Resource Radio. Couldn't have said it better myself, Kristen. It is going to be such a treat to see everyone, get all the horses in. And yeah, we just hope you all arrive safely. We love each and every one of you. I'm really, really excited. It's like Disneyland. I'm so stoked. Before we dive into all the excitement, let's hear from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. 
Well, we're so excited to introduce our next guest, a very special treat for us. We have Glenn Hebert, the founder of Horse Radio Network, the reason we're here today, the reason I have a job. Welcome, Glenn. It's good to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while since you've been on. I'm trying to remember the last time you were here. And my memory is not that good. I've joined. I, I think, think it was when you joined, Kristen. I think I welcomed yeah. Kristen for two minutes and then left. <laughs> so. I think that's Perfect. right. Yeah, that's right. So, but you're coming, well, not that Kristen wasn't great news, but you have some great <laughs> news for Horse Radio Network that you're going to share with us. I have some big news. Um, as of last Friday, we were acquired by Equine Network. Equine, you'll know Equine Network by Equus Magazine, The Horse, and a bunch bunch of other brands they have. Um, they have a bunch of magazines, especially in the Western side. And they are in expansion mode. And one of the areas they identified as an area of growth for them was podcasting. So I got to chatting with them. And over five months, we worked out a deal. And so it's now Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. So we're still going to be Horse Radio Network. Our shows still continue. Retired Race Horse Radio still continues. Uh, we're firing Joy, but we're keeping Kristen. You're welcome, everybody. Just, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Everything's going to stay the same. As far as the listeners are concerned, there's really not going to be much difference. Other than we're going to be adding the 12 shows that Equine Network has over to the Horse Radio Network. And most of those shows are on the Western side, which we have none of. So it really is a complement to what we do. And it'll, it'll make a more complete rounded network when we're done so we're excited about that i'm excited about the fact that there's going to be people now like i'll give you guys an example i got an email today from their web developers wanting to have a discussion with me about taking over all the website work and redesigning the website and i was like for 14 years i've had no help with anything i've had to do it all myself and now there's people writing me I was so excited. <laughs> it's just... like you have servants now, Glenn, it but they're is. really called coworkers. So just I make sure people. you're clear on that. Yeah, okay. That all right. Good. I'll, I'll try to remember that. <laughs> I did play a king for a long time. So uh, sometimes I get confused. Yes. It feels yes. like you got a groom, right? Like someone's like, here, sir, I'll groom <gasps> that horse for you. I'll cool it down for you. I'll muck the stall for you. I have a website groom. Who's going to groom the yeah. website for us? Perfect analogy. And if anything, we know for sure. Grooms always groom the horses better than we do. That's true. <laughs> Anything would be better than I did. So, <laughs> you know what? We got by for 14 years with me doing all of that stuff. We I got by. Say, you got us here. Yeah. You got us here. You got us this amazing network, this amazing community. We have the HRN auditors. You have done a lot and they've definitely earned the break. And it sounds like there's more opportunities well, there, on the I, horizon. I'm staying on, so there's no break because now I'm director of podcasting for both companies. So um, I don't think there's going to be a break, but I get to concentrate instead of on sales and on website work and all that stuff. I get to concentrate on content. So my job is going to be content. It's going to be helping all of the shows be better content-wise, bringing new shows on and you know incorporating all of their shows into the network. So it's going to be focusing on the thing I really love to do, which is the content side. And I'll still be hosting horses in the morning and the shows I do, uh, they'll continue too. So as I said, for the listeners, there's really not going to be a whole lot of change. Amazing. Well, it's super exciting. Kristen, I don't know about you, but it sounds like we might have some crossover episodes in the future on the horizon with more Western sides, even though you've been amazing at teaching me about Western 
fashion and attire. I didn't just teach you what a wild rag was, so that was sure my big did. achievement. I'm, I'm learning every day and I'm ready for Western Jeopardy, but I'm looking forward to featuring more the Western side of thoroughbreds and standard breads and seeing how we can add value to Equine Network. Well, I'm going to have some people you can talk to about guests here very shortly, so that we should be able to help you out with that. Excellent. Well, can't wait. And thank you so much, Glenn, for bringing it. We're looking forward to everything that's in store. And I want to thank you guys before I go for for being here and especially Joyce since the beginning and Kristen for the episodes that you've been here for helping. You're, I mean, it's all of the hosts. There's 35 hosts on the Horse Radio Network. And then George and the Flintstone media team over there doing the production and, and editing. It, you know, without you guys, we would have never made it this far. So I just wanted to thank you for being part, part of it. And now, as Jennifer says, we are now graduated high school and we're sending Horse Radio Network off to college. And I'm a apparently going for my doctorate in podcasting. So that's what's happening. We're just, we're going to college now. We need to let it grow up a little. I love it. And it's more for all the listeners. So it's even better. And selfishly, I'm excited for all the new shows and to meet all the new hosts. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show, but we're at the trade show and this is the point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So describe them. Uh, Five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp looking pads. What What makes them different? Well, it's the fill, the, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly, you bet. Yeah, fly, fly that's what we all. That's, what, that's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Well, Joy, we are just days away from the Thoroughbred Makeover, which I sound very confident about, but considering I'm on the team putting it together, um, I sound a lot more confident than I feel. Uh, (laughs) The hope is that this episode releases on October 10th, and hopefully a lot of you guys are listening to this on your way to the makeover uh, as you get ready for the best week of your life. Uh, But we have with us one more time before we're all together in person, all of our Making the Makeover trainers this year. So we're really excited to have a Big old panel of Rachel Ramsey, who's training Stonecatcher, Lee Beamer training Hot Girl Summer, and Natalie Holdren training Templemore. So everybody, thanks for joining us this evening. Before everybody says hi. Oh, there we go. Before everybody (laughs) says hi, I'll try to organize it, but that's fine. We're going to have a party here with all five of us going. So 
ladies. Yes. We are just a few days away. Uh, are you all packed? I'm going to start with <laughs> Rachel. Are you packed? You're, you're funny. You're so funny. <laughs> um, I have piles. Let's go with piles. I've got piles everywhere. I mean, that's a good place to start because then you just pick the pile up and put it in the trailer. Yeah, piles count. That's what I say. Well, the biggest problem is I, we're actually taking my dad's big living quarters. And so I'm mentally having a hard time packing my trailer, knowing I'm going to unpack it and repack another trailer on Saturday. <laughs> so I'm, just having a hard time. I'm shuffling my mind to do it. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. That's worse is packing and then repacking again. How long of a drive is it for you from Texas? You know, it's about between a 12 and 13 hour drive. Um, but we're taking it super slow and easy. And so we're doing like six hours on Saturday and six on Sunday. And then we're going to overnight about an hour away from the park. Um, so that we can show up Monday morning and not be rushed. We don't check in Mm -hmm. till noon. Yeah. Nice idea. Yeah. And then that's a really good plan. Stone catcher stretch his legs and get off the trailer and yeah, he's not spending hours in the trailer and we're just taking it slow and easy. We get to see a couple new places before we pop into the third new place, the makeover. Fun. All right, Lee, are you packed? Similar to Rachel, I have a few piles going. Um, I need to do laundry, wash a lot of Finn stuff and my crisp white <laughs> breeches. Um, so getting <laughs> yeah, ready. Luckily, I... Yes. So exciting. Um, luckily I work out of my trailer anyway, so most of my stuff is in there, but it's just like, I feel like I need to bring everything that I own. So <laughs> we're working. Yeah. That's it. what her showing is. Right? I was going to say, do you have the space the to bring everything that you own? So if you do, no. I don't see a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. not, not enough space. So just some decisions have to be made, but I reckon what, what doesn't make it there will probably be easy access and horse country to get my hands on. So that's how I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah. And you've got like 300 of your new best friends who can also loan you things in a pinch. So yes. we'll get you taken yes, care of. True. Also, you're in <laughs> yeah. horse country. There will yeah. be tax stores everywhere. Worst case. <laughs> oh yep. no, that's It'll good and bad. It's good and <laughs> yeah. bad and fun. <laughs> Yeah. So you might not even need to leave the horse park because we have a pretty vibrant vendor fair moving in. So uh, you might be able to find everything Ooh. you need without actually leaving. So that's a warning to all even of you. Better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the heads up. All right, Natalie. <laughs> Natalie, you're with a team. So I don't know if that makes your packing easier or harder. Um, well, my other team member is busy packing for our other horse who's coming. So oh. I'm still not fully packed. I'm still getting my life together of packing. So oh boy. Just throw everything in a bag. It'll be fine. You can iron it when you get there. (laughs) Yeah, say Natalie has a little bit of a frantic laugh to her voice tonight. Yeah, you sound a very cool Natalie who's been cool, calm, and showing all season. You sound like you're a little frantic now in packing mode, but that's fine. So am I. I haven't started yet. It's all good. Yeah, I really have basics of what I need, and I have my packing list. Just things that are on my list are not packed yet. Okay, well, you have a list, though. It's like a list is great. I yeah. feel like I wing it when I go to horse shows and I regret it. Yeah, no one else said they had a list. They all have piles. So Natalie's Natalie's coming out ahead here. You're doing good. I have a list. I have a list. <laughs> oh, Rachel's not got me. A list. <laughs> Lee's winging That's it. All right. Lee's human. Just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, boy. 
All right, good. So we might be packed. We might get there. I'm just going to remind you guys, don't forget the horse because that's the one thing you can't just buy another one. Well, you could actually. There is the... <laughs> there is going to be a market. <laughs> well, actually, now that I think about it, you are in, in horse country and there's plenty of thoroughbreds uh, <laughs> before we derail us completely. Yeah, you guys will be fine. So that's going to be good. Now, all of you have courses, tests, patterns that you have to remember some of you guys have seen those ahead of time, right? Like the dressage test doesn't change. Um, some of you right. guys will not see that until the makeover. So what are your strategies for learning a course or a test or a pattern that you don't know yet? We'll start with Lee. So I close my eyes and picture myself doing it. That may be a little crazy, but to me, it's what helps me, helps it stick. Um, and at my little small grass area at home, I don't have um, dressage letter set up, it's definitely not to size. So when I run through the test, it seems super fast. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm like, this is going to take me two seconds to do in Kentucky. Um, but just picturing myself doing it. And then I've also had to come up with um, my demo rod for dressage. Oh, and right. actually, Monday night, I had had some ideas, you know, nothing really set in stone. But Monday night, I woke up at 2 a.m. And it was just there. And I got out of bed and I wrote it all down. Um, and then I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. <laughs> so I will um, spend the next few days visualizing that um, and hopefully get it in the noggin. But I guess since nobody else knows it, it doesn't matter too much if we go off rail with that. This <laughs> is true. You don't have to submit it ahead of time. So you can just, you know, continue to wing it. It'll be great. Yeah. Things go awry. No big deal. We'll adapt. <laughs> right. So next time you have a 2 a.m. thought, you can text me because my life has been nothing but 2 a.m. thoughts for about two weeks now. So uh, mine's all I'll like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine's like, oh, what if I did this, you know, on the uh, the social media plan? So unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to write them down. So then in the morning, I'm always like, I'll remember. And then I don't. So uh, those 2 a.m. thoughts yeah. come and go awfully fast. Uh, Natalie, how about you? What are your tips and strategies for learning a brand new course or a new test? For my dressage test, I have a little dry erase board that has all my letters on it. And I have three different colors, one for walk, one for trot, one for canter. And I draw out my test if I have to learn a new test. And then for over fences courses, I just picture myself riding the course. And I go and I stand by the ring and I name each jump. And then instead of saying I'm going to jump one, two, three, four, I'm like, okay, I'm going to brick, to green. To diagonal seven or something like that. Nice. Yeah. So see, Lee, it's not weird to visualize. I think that's a good strategy. I'm not going to do that. So yeah, I'm not alone on it. <laughs> so Rachel, you've got a lot of stuff going on. So the ranch riding pattern, of course, has been out, but the ranch trail, they're going to spring on you at the makeover. And then of course you had your freestyle to plan as well. So how do you keep all that straight? Um, yes, I have those. And then because I'm so highly intelligent, I also entered in the tip classes, which also oh, have yeah. patterns. Mm -hmm. oh, no. So yeah, my brain <laughs> is overflowing with patterns, but the, the ranch riding pattern for, um, the RP is the same as last year. So I'm pretty familiar with that. And then the competitive trail, they won't put that out till 1230. So we'll walk the course and I'm very similar to the jumpers and even the dressage. I tend to stand at the end of the arena and visualize. Yeah or point with my finger and I'm going to do a circle here and circle to that gate um, and just walk myself through it until I don't have to look at my paper that tells me where I'm going anymore. And then the freestyle, I just put together basically a pattern, a raining pattern that 
we typically do at the ranch riding anyways. So I just took a lot of components that I felt like he could show off his strong points and put them in that. Nice. That's a perfect strategy is to just sort of freestyle on an existing pattern. So good call. Yes. So we also asked listeners to submit some questions for you guys. So we have a couple of listener submitted questions. Um, This was their last chance to kind of chat with all you guys. So uh, from Jessica Sackett, we have, um, who do you all look to the most for inspiration or guidance to improve your horsemanship? Uh, Maybe another way of saying that is, you know, who's your equestrian role model? Uh, Rachel, we'll go back to you. You know, I ride with a lot of people. So I couldn't probably point out one specific. I ride with a dressage coach. I have a cutting trainer. Um, I follow a lot of people on social media. I just feel like you can pull so many pieces of training that there's so, especially social media, but just technology. We have so much access to so much good information. So to be able to take a piece and be like, oh, that's really cool. How did they do that? And to try to go to apply it to my horses. Um, it just works. It just, so I, I couldn't honestly even pinpoint one specific person because I feel like to be a really well-rounded rider, I have to ride with a lot of people and I get to pull the best pieces from their training methods and put them in mine. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I like that you cross train too, because my coach for bringing my thoroughbreds along for a long time was, she was a USCF small R hunter judge with a strong dressage background. And of course I was showing mine in the ranch work, but everything she was putting on was just such a good foundation. So all that cross training really benefited us. So I love hearing other people doing that too. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, it, it pays really well. I mean, just to have that foundation crosses over in all disciplines. Absolutely. Natalie, how about you? So well, I guess like growing up, I always wanted to be like a big show jumper. So I was always obsessed with BZ Madden. I wanted to be exactly like her. And I still look up to her, the care of her horses that she has and just her overall riding ability. But um, as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that you have to take almost kind of what Rachel said of like different parts of everyone's training. And there's not a cookie cutter way for every horse. Even going between Tempe and Lana, there's not a way to ride one of them that I can't, sometimes I can't use on the other. So uh, for a while there was BZ Madden, but now it's hard to pinpoint like one specific person. Yeah. Just take a little bit of the good from everybody. I love, I that. love that. But I also love BZ. I, I yeah, can understand why you would love her. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about her program is so cool. So yeah, totally, totally understand mm-hmm. that. I love her retiree mountain. I'll derail us completely talking about that. So I better keep us moving. For a future but... episode. <laughs> future episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lee, how about you? Do you have someone you look up to for horsemanship or equestrianism? Yeah, so um, I really look up to Katherine Abrams, who's been our trainer through this journey. Um, she's someone who also has experience bringing non-traditional horses up the dressage scale. So that's really inspiring to me to see other folks do that. You know, thoroughbreds are getting more popular, but they're not the number one choice. And she's been so supportive um, for this journey with me and Finn. We've maybe had about, I don't know, with Finn's roadblocks, 10 lessons this year. But every time she just, I mean, she nails everything that we need to do to improve. And then also my childhood trainer, her name is Pam Umberger. And she just, even to this day, anytime I have a question about, you know, this isn't working, what else can I try? Like just general horsemanship and sometimes behavioral problems, just give her a call and she's always there for me. And those are my two biggest inspirations. I love that. 
That's so good to have those people in your corner. So we've got another listener submitted question. Um, what were your strategies for helping your thoroughbreds adjust to like a busy warm up ring or standing ringside while everything else is going on? See, I think we haven't started with Natalie. So I'm going to spring that one on Natalie. What was your strategy for getting Tempe good to go and warm up rings and busy show pins? Um, so Tempe is, we say, we like to say he has a case of FOMO, um, all the time, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere we go. Um, he always wants to know what's going on. Even if it's not his business, he was, he'd like to know what's going on. So he just getting him out. I think the more experience he got with it, the better he got. And also like when I'm like trying to learn my courses, I've learned just to take a picture on my phone and not try to make him stand by the picture of like courses at hunter shows and jumper shows just mm. to let him walk around and let him see everything because the more they get to see stuff and the less they look at it in the ring and then as they get older tempe started to start to chill out at shows and just kind of chill in the warm-up ring and not be intrigued by every little thing that's going on so i feel like experience is one of the biggest parts of that yeah mileage is a huge mm-hmm. thing and that's why we you know in the trainer group for the all the thoroughbred makeover trainers we have a private facebook group for those folks and we always encourage people to do that field trip friday was our hashtag but you can obviously take your field trip any day of the week but the more yes. you get these guys out the better they'll be the so, better and that's any any really. horse really especially green horses yes yeah for sure rachel what's your strategy Um, you know, same thing, getting them off property, but I like to start small. So if I can have a place, a friend's place, especially if they're super green and haven't been rode around that I can take them where they're only around one or two horses. And then every week we add a few more in or start hauling to the sortings where there's more horses, but, and then eventually we end up in the barrel racing warmup pen, which has 50 horses running around everywhere all the time. But I try not to start there. We just build up to that. <laughs> Those are a little wild. <laughs> we start quiet and then we build up to where we can handle the chaos. And it's just like you said, it's just hauling. I mean, I probably haul off property at least twice a week because that's what it takes for green horses to see the world. They just have to know that they're getting off the trailer and it's a new place and they can handle it. Oh, good for you. That is mm-hmm. too much hauling for me. <laughs> everything's really close. Everything's really close by. I mean, within 30 That's minutes. That's true. You're in horse so country. Yeah. I, I am. I'm able to haul to covered arenas and sortings mm-hmm. and just practice. Even if I'm not competing, just getting there. I mean, I'm not going to the barrel race to race, but I do go to warm up and ride. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. But you brought up a good point as well, Rachel, of hauling to friends' houses or maybe even a guest trainer looking for clinics that are close by if you're not necessarily in horse country and don't have a close place to haul all the time, you can check out different events happening in your area or reach out to friends of yours. Yes, I do a lot of clinics, uh, even with Stone. I mean, like I said, there's always more to learn, but half the reason I do the clinics is not necessarily for me, but it's for the horse experience of standing around with 10 horses for a long weekend. You get 20 hours of training in one weekend. And a lot of places too, you know, if they don't charge you a fee, you know, just for being on the grounds, you can kind of get in some cool training time in other disciplines. So I know um, Dr. Reed that we've had on the show before, she used to haul her eventer to game shows and Mm. cuttings and stuff and would just hang out with her like 17 thoroughbred English tack in the pen and just (laughs) let him watch everybody else zipping around. And, you know, she said people used to kind of laugh and and tease her or or they thought it was really cool, but he, uh, yeah, he learned a lot that way. So yeah, don't be afraid to go to whatever is nearby. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Lee, how about you? So similar to Rachel, um, 
how I started out was just small places, you know, friends, backyards, my grandfather's front yard. He thought that was wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> just taking our small places that were, you know, close um, and then working our way up to more hectic places. I'm very lucky that Finn is very just naturally unbothered. She always looks very unamused when other horses are carrying on around her. Um, so I'm lucky with that. You can see her roll her eyes. Um, but, you know, the Virginia Horse Center is pretty hectic. That's probably the most hectic place that we've been. And we were there actually a few weekends ago and I was riding her around on the buckle and just because of all the places that, you know, I've exposed her to this year. So getting her out there, starting small, working your way up, not trying to make it such a jarring experience, um, I think really helped with her. And and she loves public these days, which is great. <laughs> She's got the name for it. She's like, it's my hot girl summer. Everybody get out of my way. I love that. Yeah. Now, if anybody has never, right. If you've never been to the track in the morning, it is actually really interesting to watch how that goes. So if, if listeners have not yet gotten that experience, uh, first of all, stop by Keeneland in the morning while you're at the makeover next week. Cause it is really, really cool to watch morning work. I will be um, there. I'll post which day we're going, but you can yeah. me in. Yeah, I do a little, uh, do a little live and, and let everybody see, but, um, it's not quite as chaotic as a warm up ring, but there is a lot going on. And the horses, you know, they'll come out and contrary to popular stereotype, they do go both directions. So they'll warm them up going counterclockwise and then they'll move close to the rail to gallop or breeze. Um, but you'll have horses come out in the morning and they'll just kind of stand there with their tails to the rail and just kind of taking it all in. And horses are zipping by at a really fast clip on the inside. And they're just like, okay, this is cool. This is my life. You know, and some of them are a little, you know, hotter and looking around more than others, but, but generally they actually come out and are pretty quiet about it. You know, the, I'm sure the young ones maybe need a little schooling, um, you know, and, and their own set of mileage, but yeah, generally, you know, our thoroughbreds are, are used to a certain level of chaos. So, you know, for listeners who are concerned about that, um, you know, it, it definitely depends on the individual horse, but they have been exposed to a certain amount of chaos already. So, yeah. And so if you do have mind. like a reactive horse, like, I don't know, a certain co-host on the show might have, um, <laughs> it, it's really great to humble yourself at shows going to to either clinics or very low cost schooling shows and just taking them to look at stuff. Like go support a friend who's showing, bring your horse so they can see stuff, hand walk them, let them graze if there's grazing space and don't worry about getting into the show ring right away. That can go a long way with your hotter horses to just let them take things in in a very low risk, high reward way. Good idea. Well, Joy, you want to throw a couple more questions at our panel while we have them before we see them all in person. I I'm so to tell you guys. I know, I know. We definitely will have more discussions for sure on our social media channels, and you know, we'll do some interviews at the show with each of you to catch up. But as far as our pre-shows go, I'm very excited to do some rapid-fire questions with each of you just to end things on a fun note. Not that this hasn't been a blast. I could do this interview all night. Kristen and George won't but I will. <laughs> oh, I would just pour a glass of wine and hang out. It'll be fun. But first question I think is very important. I'll start with Rachel. What is the number one item in your trailer you cannot leave without? And I don't mean the necessities. I mean that quirky item to you before you go to a horse show. What do you have to have? Um, bobby pins for my hat. Ooh, That's a good, good one. one. 
That's yeah. a good yeah, one. Yeah, those hats blow right on off. If they you do all the time. <laughs> I, and I, have, I get so annoyed by it. I have bobby pins in my trailer. I got bobby pins in my truck. I got bobby pins in the hat already. <laughs> it's just there everywhere. <laughs> I love yeah, it. If your head doesn't hurt, it's not pinned hard enough. So Exactly. <laughs> Lee, how about you? What is your must-have quirky item in your trailer? Oh, goodness. Um, probably bale and twine because you never know what you're going to need to fix. That's <laughs> a good yep. one. I didn't even yep. think about and it. I'm of it in my that. trailer. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can't always wait to open a bale too, right? Like if you're like, oh, it's fine because I brought hay and there's twine on it. You might need it before you open that bale. So yeah, you got to have extra. Yeah. And my husband tries to throw it away and I say, no, no, no. That is useful. <laughs> That's a good twine. <laughs> Don't touch that. That's good yeah. twine. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Natalie, what is your quirky trailer item? Um, I'm kind of on that same wavelength, uh, but I have duct tape on mine. So I feel like there's nothing duct tape or bailing mm. twine can't fix. This is a very prepared group of riders. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> We're either pinning it, taping it, or tying it. We're good to go. That's, That's right. a new t-shirt for the makeover. Just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right. Next question. What is your go-to road trip snack? And we'll start with Natalie. We'll reverse it. Um, how, gosh, something usually we stop at Wawa is a big stop for us, but probably some kind of chips from Wawa and usually a slushy. Uh, I do love oh, that. Made slushy. me so nostalgic for southeastern Pennsylvania where I grew up. If no one else knows what a Wawa is, y'all are missing out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lee, what is your go to road trip snack? Extra toasty cheese it's. I've never had those. And now I want to try They're like them. a little bit burnt. Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they make them like that on purpose? Are I these like the accident ones they put like in the market? Me. Yeah, Probably. they found, uh, but they like found it's a great strategy because I'm paying for it. <laughs> <Or Yeah>. um, <laughs> All right. Something Lemon to add to my list. Oh, I do. That's a popular one. I used to buy that all the time when I had an office job. That was a good one. All right, Rachel, what is your road trip snack? Coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. <laughs> always have the coffee. All right. You, coffee you get a follow-up. Are you a Starbucks girl or no? Oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't I like particularly um, like paying Starbucks prices. So out mm-hmm. here, we end up, we don't have Wawa's. We have Bucky's. So we stop at Bucky's for coffee. All right. I like it. We need to fair. do like a... We're going to do a flash poll at the makeover and just ask people what their like gas station. <laughs> gas station of choice. Yeah. <laughs> <is. laughs> Bucky's, Wawa, Sheets. Uh, such a good one. All right. Last final question. And I'm going to start with Lee. What is your good luck charm at a horse show? Oh, um, a pair of diamond earrings from my late uncle. I don't oh. go without them. Oh, I love I that. Love that. Yeah, we'll have to get you with a picture with them if, we, if you're okay with that, but I think it'd be fun to do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, Natalie, what is your good luck item? Um, I have a pair of pig socks that I wear every horse show. That is my good luck charm. I am here for the socks. I <laughs> did a whole post on it. I will fight someone who argues that. <laughs> yes, they're very important. So I they're already very important. Them. I already have them out and pa- and ready for my suitcase, so I know I'll have them. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. You can't buy those at the, the horse park, unfortunately. No, you, you can't buy luck. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> Rachel, what's your good luck item? 
Um, I have a locket with my mama's picture. So she's always at the horseshoes with me. Oh, We're going to get pictures of everyone's good luck charms. Cause I love this. It's like my favorite question to ask people. So, well, thank you all for playing this game and entertaining me. and Kristen. <laughs> but most importantly, it's been great just to get to know each of you over the last few months and to see your journey, see how your horses have progressed. We're wishing the best of luck to each and all of you and safe travels. And we can't wait to meet you at the makeover. Like it's a long time coming. Yes. I'm yes. so excited. It's going to yes, be like meeting friends. I know. I know. Yes. Kristen, do you have anything to add? No, but you all just get ready for the most enjoyable week of your horse life. I know two of you are makeover veterans, but Lee is about to have the best time that she never knew she was about to have. So I'm so yes. excited. Y'all are going to have to drag me home. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. You know, we'll just, you'll live in the horse park with all the raccoons. So that place is run Perfect. by raccoons. You got to look out for that. The post show okay. is listening to, to Kristen's raccoon story she has to share. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the end of the night, when it's me writing the press release upstairs, it's me and the raccoons. I'm not even kidding. They're, they're up there with me. So yeah, wow. everybody can enjoy that visual. <laughs> Yay. Um, well, thank you all, all so right, much guys. for joining we'll us. See ya. Thank you. Thank you. Kristen, how much fun was our Making the Makeover series panel? I just really enjoy getting together with all those lovely ladies. I can't believe we're finally going to meet them. Yeah, I am looking so forward to meeting them. And now I'm kind of sad that we have to say goodbye to them after this too. So I feel like they're friends. We have a little bit of time and lots to look forward to when we meet them. But speaking of things to look forward to, we have the whole makeover, which there's a ton of stuff happening. I know we don't have time to discuss it all, but what are some of the highlights we can look forward to? Oh, man. Okay. So the full name of it, of course, is the Thoroughbred Makeover and National Symposium. So that National Symposium part comes in because it is the largest gathering of like like-minded thoroughbred people. Um, so we have some stuff, you know, of course we have the 10 disciplines, a preliminary competition on Wednesday and Thursday. Then we have the finale on Saturday. The finale is live streamed. So you'll be able to find that at the RRP slash live stream. Um, you can watch that for free all day Saturday and get inspired to maybe sign up for a horse yourself for 2023. Joy. Uh, <laughs> and the National Symposium part, of course, is where all the, the education and networking comes in. So on Tuesday, before preliminary competition starts, we have the Thoroughbred Aftercare Summit. So that's for anybody with a professional interest in aftercare, whether you're working in a nonprofit or you're a for-profit reseller. Um, that's going to be a hands-on session this year with, um, you know, if you've ever seen Parks and Rec where they do the disaster preparedness thing. And they're like, you have a plague. Now you have a flood. It's kind of going to be like that, uh, but for aftercare. So it'll be like, now you have strangles. Now you have a lightning strike, you know? So, um, so that'll be kind of fun for people to figure out holes in their own program. We, of course, have preliminary competition Wednesday, Thursday. We are going to have the ASPCA is hosting a donut breakfast with coffee on Thursday morning at their adoption barn. So you can grab a donut and some coffee and then meet all the adoptable thoroughbreds that are going to be there. Um, That's going to be a lot of fun. You can, of course, purchase a horse for yourself. Uh, that's already gone through the makeover program because the makeover marketplace is running. So, um, and probably about tag a, us in the photo if you do. Oh gosh, we yes, want to know. Tell us if you get one. <laughs> yeah, probably about a third of the horses competing this year are available for sale. Um, so they've already been transitioned. They've gone to a great big show at the Kentucky Horse Park, and they're Rachel ready Ramsey's for you. horse is one of them. 
Yes. And I've got to make sure I sit on my hands so he doesn't come home with me. He's a nice little dude. Uh, Lots of really cool horses in multiple disciplines. Um, And then on Friday, we have the makeover masterclass. um, And that is going to be taught by Jorge Vasquez from US Polo. So he's going to be introducing flat work exercises uh, to start thoroughbreds into the sport of polo. That's also going to be live streamed. So you can watch that for free. Uh, And then in the afternoon, we have our seminar series. So three different seminars about off-track thoroughbreds um, and health issues for transitioning them into sport. So there's a lot going on. (laughs) You can find, yes, you can find the full schedule of events at the rrp.org slash attend. I love it. And to add on top of it, if you'd like to meet us, we're doing a listener meetup on Friday at 11 a.m. right before the jog. Kristen, I'm so blinking on where the space is that we're meeting everyone. Can you remind me? Uh, It's what we're calling Keeneland Inspection Lane. It's the same place they do the jogs for uh, the Kentucky Five Star. So if you've ever been down for that, it's the same spot. I believe it's along the Murphy Ring. Uh, You'll be able to find it, though. We're going to have it all decorated and make it feel like a million bucks for everybody to show off their finale horse. So you can't miss it. Yeah. So Friday, 11 a.m., come say hi to me and Kristen. We'd love to meet all of you who are listening today. Well, it's always a treat to have new vocations join us for every episode, and today is no different. We have Winnie Morgan Nemeth joining us from the Standard Bread side of new vocations. Welcome back to the show. Hi, how are you? Doing great, and I'm so, so happy you are joining us because something very exciting happened in my family recently. We got our first Standard Bread. His name is Jackson. He's a 20-year-old pacer, and... Winnie, I got to be honest, I've never been on a gated horse before. I would love to get your best tips for the non-gated rider on their first gated horse. Sure. So first of all, I am very excited to hear that um, you have Jackson in your life. (laughs) I think that's pretty special. (laughs) And um, hopefully, uh, maybe just some of the things that we've chatted about over the year. Um, kind of helped in that decision. I don't know, but it definitely <laughs> did. Great. It definitely made my mom very excited to consider a standard bread. She's very intimidated by my thoroughbred, but she's mm-hmm. been listening to the episodes and gave her a lot of confidence to make this decision. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So you're going to take him for a spin, it sounds like, and you mm-hmm. want to know some tips on riding the gated horse. Well, um, my first advice would be just to, um, let the horse do it, like just kind of naturally what he's going to do. Uh, some standard bread, like if you just go on a loose rein, um, they'll normally trot. But if you take a hold of their head and just ask them, you know, cluck to go forward and just, you know, cluck on, they'll mm-hmm. go into that pace. And it usually is very smooth. Um, and you just want to take a hold of their head and just kind of set their head. And they do rely on that and they find confidence in that. And they'll just kind of hit that pace. Sometimes it's kind of a jiggy pace. Sometimes it um, will be smooth. Sometimes it will be bumpy, but a lot of times it's them just kind of figuring out with the weight of a rider, also with what your hands are doing and asking them to go forward. Uh, they usually hit right into their gait. They're naturally going to pick up a, pick up that pace. Some will trot, some will pace. It sounds like um, Jackson is pretty easy to get right into the pace. So I don't think with your background and riding experience, you'll have any problem and I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. It should be pretty smooth. I'm excited for you. I'm glad you mentioned about the headset because 
I'm used, especially first horses, I like to have a little bit of a contact. I don't care about if they set their head or anything, but just to, mm-hmm. to know if I need breaks. Um, so I guess the next question is, what's the best way? Is it the same halt if I need to stop? Or is there a special cue that's known on the racetrack? Yes, um, just whoa. They know what that means. Um, a lot of verbal cues with the standard breads, um, just because they are driving them. So like I said, the clock to trot, you say, whoa, you know, he is 20. So I don't know if he has had riding experience to you guys getting him prior. Um, he has luckily. Depend on what yeah. he knows. <laughs> he's, so, he's like yeah. the, the gated horse with training wheels, which is nice because he has been restarted. Great. Great. So then, yes, just by saying, whoa, pulling back, you know, sitting back a little bit, he should be happy to stop. Most of them are like, Oh, I think you said, well, <laughs> like might want to keep going forward. And they're like, no, I think you said walk. <laughs> so. I, I love that. And as my, my final question being the dressage queen, I am, I naturally just start posting when I'm asking for a trot mm-hmm. for the pace. Is it best to treat it like a Western jog or sh- like, as I sit, or should I treat it? Yeah. Is there any special way I should sit a pace? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I know like normally for me, it's just like what I would do, but yes, you want to do a sitting trot. You do not want to post um, that will throw them off. So yes, you just want to sit deep in your saddle, push your heels down um, just like you would a sitting trot and just ask them to go forward. I do have one more question because this, this almost got me with my thoroughbreds. I'm curious if it's the same leg pressure. The first time I rode my thoroughbred, Whitty, I, I didn't quite understand how little she knew of leg pressure. There's a lot of go. Right. Sure. Sure. Yes. They don't know anything about leg pressure. <laughs> That's something you have to teach them. Um, okay. And like completely opposite of your thoroughbreds, most of the standard breads, because they're so you know, new to having a rider on their back, they don't have, they don't really have that go button. They're more like stop, walk. What is it you want me to do? Um, but yes, you have that, the leg age you need to teach them. Excellent. Well, I'm excited. I feel like this is the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect tutorial for the beginner getting involved. And I'll definitely try to get a video for everyone when I try him out this month. It will be embarrassing. I'm sure. So he's, he's a cute guy. He's like a, an old soul. I know he's 20, but he really is like that old grandpa. And he's, he definitely bummed out my Morgan. He thought he finally had a friend to play with and Jackson doesn't want to play. He wants to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. That's awesome. But getting into horses who do look like they want to play, let's meet our adoptable horse of the week. We have toll. Toll Call Lake. I almost forgot the call. Very interesting name and very cute horse. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah. So um, Toll Call Lake has a very interesting story in that he came to us directly from an Amish family. He was their main buggy horse for many years. He is a 2009 trotter. He's 16 hands, gorgeous, dappled, and they called him Blake. Um, he literally is bomb proof to drive. Um, like, I mean, nothing bothers this horse, nothing. He has seen it all. Um, he, he was just phenomenal for the family and they called me, which is pretty rare for an Amish family to call me and said that we absolutely had to find him a home because he just wasn't going to be able to be sound enough to be their mode of transportation as much as they needed him to be. 
And um, they thought he would make a great riding horse. Their kids had ridden him. So he was already broke to ride when he came in. He loves treats. They they treated him very well <laughs> with treats. So maybe just a little too much. We kind of did back off the treats because he was a little in your face. Um, but he just has a great personality. And you can tell how well loved he was. Um, he's been really good under saddle. He just, you know, he transitioned very easily. But I could see him being... The horse, like everyone likes the husband type horse and, you know, the horses that are bomb proof. He pretty much has seen it and done it all. Um, he did race very lightly, just seven times, but he was their family horse for, um, I think about five or six years. He has been sound, uh, since coming in. We do keep shoes on him just because he's always had road shoes on, um, pulling the buggy. So we felt that keeping the front shoes on for him was just easier and, you know, he's, he's great to shoe. He's great to load or ship cross tight, everything. He's just, he's a, he's a gorgeous horse, but he's one that has a lot of wisdom and experience under his belt. Yes. He is stunning. Wow. And he is built. He definitely looks like somebody that could handle, you know, a a bigger guy. If you were looking Mm -hmm. for a a horse for your man to ride. I know. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, he looks like a warm blood. (laughs) Yeah. He's got such a lovely well-built hindquarter too. I mean, he really looks like he could be a great Western horse. Yeah. He's, he's pretty, he's very pretty. Uh, And he's also, you know, an extremely high, unreasonable fee to adopt him. He's under a thousand dollars. Everybody This very athletic, very beautiful and ready for love horse is less than a thousand dollars. He's practically free and you can check him out at new vocations. Dot org. I know they go like hotcakes. So you got to get those applications in quick. Yes. Yes. Please get your applications in. We have a lot of nice standard breads on the website right now. And we have a lot of nice ones that we're getting ready to post. So it's a, it's a good time to add one. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to finding out who adopts him. If you do adopt Toll Call Lake, let us know. We'd love to hear about it and what you have planned for him, as well as any other horses you adopt from New Vocations. We're always happy to share success stories. Winnie, thank you so much again for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and we can't wait to chat with you next time. Thank you so much. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program is the nation's oldest and largest racehorse adoption program celebrating its 30-year anniversary this year. New Vocations has 10 adoptees competing in the RRP Thoroughbred Makeover this year, including our very own Rachel Ramsey's Stonecatcher. Are you looking to compete in the 2023 RRP Thoroughbred Makeover? Don't miss out on New Vocations Thoroughbred Makeover Trainer Special. Find your 2023 makeover competitor through New Vocations and you'll be reimbursed the $300 trainer application fee. Be sure to stop by the Makeover Marketplace to meet some of New Vocations' adoptable horses. Prep yourself in advance by becoming an approved adopter at newvocations.org adopt and browse the 2023 makeover prospects on their website, newvocations.org. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Rider and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. We also just launched a TikTok for the Retired Racehorse Project, so you can give us a follow there as well. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. 
And I'm going to follow that TikTok. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MissFitMare. And my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. I love when anyone emails me and says hi, lets me know how their horses are doing. Or if you want to share something funny, but don't share anything inappropriate. We've had this conversation in past episodes. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Capital Company and our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. 